Welcome to the California Work Comp Report, a podcast hosted by Arun Kroll and Claire Williams, featuring Dr. John Alchemy. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Arun Kroll with California Work Comp Report, and today is Friday, November 28th, and we here are going to talk today about how to get treatment for injured workers. And we have Dr. Alchemy on the line with us, uh, whose qualifications we um, have outlined in our last podcast. And John, what uh, what can you tell us first about what what kind of worker needs this form for request for treatment? Is it every worker? Uh, yeah. Hi. Hi, everyone. So today we're going to talk about the RFA, and the RFA is something that came into being at the beginning of 2014, and it's a form to kind of standardize the way that uh, treatment and uh, interventions are submitted for within California work comps. So up until then, everyone was kind of, you know, writing things down. Sometimes they call for authorization. It's a very confusing process. So this form is there to kind of standardize the information so everyone's getting the same information so a determination can be made. Uh, Dr. Ogden, can we back up a little bit? We're talking about requesting authorization. Um, now, the doctor is requesting authorization for treatment for an injured worker. Who does this request go to? Okay, great. So this is a form that's found at the uh, Division of Work Comp online, and this is the form that the treater, the doctor, um, chiropractor, what have you, uh, have to fill out to make a submission and a request for the treatment. So it's a standardized form, and the treater's uh, office is, is required to fill this out, put in all the information, and then from there it's sent into the insurance company, and the insurance company has um, a group that they work with that actually does the utilization review, and that's done by um, a medical doctor or, or a quote-unquote peer. Um, who is comparable to the treater so they can make a determination if the treatment's necessary and really indicated. Uh, in, in your experience, John, are there specific things that you need to include on this form, you know, to get that process expedited or to get it approved? You know, what, what sort of things go into uh, getting the treatment to your patients? So some real common things that... Um, leads up to a form not being approved, the RFA, is that it's just incomplete. Um, sections uh-huh. are left blank. Um, you know, the diagnosis isn't written down. It's There's there's something called an ICD-9 code for each diagnosis. It's not on the form. Um, or they just forget to put the doctor's signature on it. So, so administrative reasons are probably, in my experience, the greatest cause of not getting the RFA approved. Um, after that, um, it then uh, it's 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 sometimes up to the doctor. They're they're not indicating the number of therapy that they want for physical therapy. They're not indicating the strength of the medication that they want requested. And remember, when this form gets sent in, it has to go with the patient visit form. So you know they look to that form with and that visit with the patient. Those two things have to kind of match up and they have to make sense. The utilization review uh, doctors um, as well as the insurance company. So if you're a doctor, it sounds like the best thing that you can do to make sure that your patients are getting the treatment they need is to fill out these forms completely, 
include as much detail about their condition, including the ICD-9 code and specifics about the kind of treatment that you're ordering, and just sign it. You've got to sign it and send it in with your full report. Absolutely. Those those are the bare minimum if you're going to be successful at getting the RFA approved. And what what kind of treatment do you find most you know most often you're requesting? Well, often you know what you're looking at the beginning of the claim in most orthopedic injuries are two things. Mm-hmm. One, you want to get the medication going and and help them feel better and control the pain. And then two is you want to do some type of strengthening and mobility, uh, which is usually physical therapy, sometimes acupuncture, sometimes um, uh, some, some chiropractic. So those are most often the first RFAs that you'll submit on a case. When you're submitting for medications, you want to try to make sure that you're using a generic if possible, because as we all know, you know healthcare is very expensive. So if, if you're going to try to use something that's not a generic, you need to be very specific as to why you're doing that. Maybe the patient has an allergy or the patient has an underlying medical condition with their kidneys or their liver, and they have to select one medication over another. And that's great, but that information has to be in your visit note where the insurance company is not going to understand that, and they may not approve it. So medications, um, you know, if you aren't going, again, if you're not going to use a generic or a common medication, you know, spell it out in no uncertain terms in that in that visit that gets attached as to why you're doing that. Sounds like some great advice for ordering medication. Is there a set of similar tips that you have for people who are ordering some form of therapy, like physical therapy or acupuncture? Yeah, and um, I, I, along with, you know, a lot of other doctors have kind of learned this through trial and error. I think the biggest mistake that that gets made is that in the note, the uh, body part um, that's going to receive the physical therapy is not clearly mentioned. Uh, Some cases have two or three body parts, and if you just write down there, you know, send a physical therapy, um, people are scratching their head, well, is it for the shoulder, is it for the knee, is it for the ankle, is it for all of them? So, so that needs to be very clear in the uh, treatment section of the note. And then also on the RFA, you know, there's a section for frequency. You want to put down how many times a week, how many weeks is the therapy. So, for example, a common one is uh, two times a week for three weeks, a total of six visits. And, again, you want to put down that that's for the low back, as an example. Um, and the more specific you can be, the more likely the determination um, can be done quickly and uh, hopefully approved if, if indicated for the patient. Mm-hmm. Sounds and to me like that's that the ultimate. It sounds to me that that's like the ultimate moral of the story here, be as specific as possible so that people who are reviewing this form understand exactly why the patient needs this or that treatment and exactly what that treatment will be. That's right, exactly. Um, you know, and the doctor wants to subsequently show um, if they're going to be requesting more treatment of the same as to how are we going to measure success. If I'm going to ask for more therapy, what things need to be in my visit note after the therapy has been completed show that more therapy is warranted and that it's a good investment of the injured worker's time and of the uh, insurance company's resources. 
And, John, you mentioned that this was before the first round of RFAs. Is it very often that you find that you need a second round uh, of treatment for your patients? Yeah, yeah that, that's a great point. So often you have to do a refill of the medication, or the first visit of physical therapy got them on the road to recovery, but they still need some more strengthening and some direct supervision by the physical therapist. So when commenting um, a report in preparation for a, a second RFA for the same treatment, it's important to put down the following. Did it work? Does the patient feel better? Is the patient able to do more things at home? Have the work restrictions changed in any way, meaning they can do more at work now than they could before they had the treatment? And then finally, in the physical exam, which is often missed, is, is objectively on the exam, are they moving better? Do they appear in less pain? Is their strength improved? Are they no longer limping? Are they not using a cane anymore? You know, all of those things need to go together to make the story to support the request. And if it's written effectively, you're not going to get problems with getting the RFA approved. But if it's vague and nonspecific, um, you know, there are going to be problems, and understandably so. So it sounds like it's much more about the work that you as a physician puts into the RFA that determines whether a patient receives a second round of treatment as opposed to the uh, patients themselves and the work that they're doing in trying to heal. You know, that's, that's right, because the doctor is basically telling the story, and uh-huh. they're talking about, here's the situation of the story, here's an element that we introduce to it, such as treatment or therapy, and here's the outcome. And the more engaging and uh, clear that that story is, the more compelling it is for the utilization review uh, doc to go ahead and approve that. Mm-hmm. Would you say overall the RSA system is working better than the uh, sort of lack of system it sounds like there was before this? Well, I would say from an organizational standpoint, it is better because um, I, I've also served as a utilization review doctor myself looking at medical requests, and sure. it, it does clarify what are we looking at to approve, what body part, you know, and why are we doing it. And, and the RFA has just introduced um, a standardization of the presentation of that material, if you will. So um, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's still a pretty busy form. You know, information mm-hmm. is necessary. Um, but in the long run, it's, it's not too burdensome that, you know, you can't work with it. So I would have to say it is probably a step forward um, from what we had before, which, which was nothing. Right. Um, yeah, it's a pretty recent change. So a lot of professionals, I'd imagine, are still getting used to this process. Or, Yeah, that's a good observation. It is still, you know, going through its first year. Um, I think the bigger change for everyone was when the utilization review process came in and doing that and, and you know, going through that, that acceptance. And the, the, the RFA is it's just a way to kind of streamline the information and focus the discussion. So, um yeah, I, I, I think it is helpful for everyone when they have something to look at. So, Dr. Agami, if if you've got a injured worker who comes into your clinic and it's the first time they've seen a doctor after sustaining a work injury and, you know, they hurt their neck and they're in pain and, you know, 
you want to give them painkillers, you want to give them a brace, you want to give them something, right? You'll yep. give them their care that day, correct? Yes. They, the, they patient, the patient always gets the appropriate care and timely care. Um, so, you know, if they need a medication, if they need an urgent or an emergent treatment, um, that's going to happen. We always want to do what's best for the injured worker. And then in retrospect, you know, you can look at it with the um, RFA as to whether or not it was, you know, absolutely, you know, medically appropriate or not. For the major things, fractures, you know, surgeries, trauma, usually not a problem at all. Um, you know, problems with, with the RFA usually come in when, you know, it's, it's either an elective procedure, um, again, it's a non-generic medication, or you're going for physical therapy rounds number, you know, four, five, and six, you know, further into the care. Um, remember, we do have guidelines that um, the RFA is applied to. So those guidelines are obviously available to the treaters, to the insurance carriers, and to the utilization review doctors. So everyone kind of has an understanding about what is, um, quote-unquote, available care. And kind of once you start to go in between, you know, what the guidelines say or beyond what the guidelines might expect for the duration of treatment, that, um, you know, that peer review process and, again, the RFA and, and the uh, visit note along with it become very important to help navigate that gray area. And have you submitted any real wild uh, requests for treatment, you know, um, people wanting, like, I don't know, a hot tub for their, for their sore back or something? Well, um, I, I think that that's an example um, of, you know, a, a little non-standard RFA request. Uh, more often, right. I'll maybe see some patients who come in and they've read about something or there's a new mm -hmm. treatment that they'd like and they want to see if, you know, we can get that approved. Now, I don't have a problem submitting, you know, for non-standard requests. However, I always tell the patient that, look, you know, what we want is we want to make sure that we're giving you something that's beneficial and that we know is helpful. So, you know, usually that's a medication that's been around a while or what we say is accepted by peer review literature or, you know, studies have been done appropriately to show that there is a benefit. Um, and, and usually after it's explained to the patient that way, they're kind of like, okay, well, you know, I understand. Um, so I tend to not submit too many of them. But if I do submit um, a, a non-standard RFA request, I'm always careful to put it in there for that utilization review doctor or the insurance company to read that a discussion was carried out with a patient that this is not a standardized acceptable treatment and therefore may not be authorized. And so I try to set the expectations early that, hey, you know, if we've tried everything else, you really want to see if this will work, I'm happy to, you know, consider it and present it to the insurance company, but I am going to put on there this disclaimer that, you know, this is not, you know, widely accepted or, you know, carefully studied with results to, you know, how much it's going to help. Right. Well, thanks so much for enlightening us on this next process of completing a work comp claim. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Alchemy. Uh, if you're a doctor out there, whether you're giving treatment to a patient, requesting treatment for a patient, or reviewing somebody else's request, it seems like the bottom line is you need to communicate clearly and look out for reasons that justify why this or that treatment 
should be given to this patient. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. Join us next time on the California Work Comp Report. Hope to talk to you then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the California Work Comp Report. We look forward to next week and continuing our discussion of work comp claims in California. Questions or comments? Got a great workers' compensation story to share? Find us on Twitter at RateFast or at rate-fast.com. Yeah.